Coming to theaters January 26th. Left Behind. Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes. I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Yeah, coming up yet on today's show, uh, Kelsey Bowler with a real heartbreaking story out of Iowa. Will it be in other places next? Uh, will they will they uh, abandon parents' rights on things? Uh, we will discuss all of that uh, with Kelsey Bowler coming up. Uh, also, Raven Harrison on uh, some Sheila Jackson Lee funny business down in Texas. But next, I want to turn to the case that the Supreme Court uh, just uh, issued a, a, a a statement on and it's interesting because if you look at how the press has reported this with with um, the, the the big massive headlines is all oh, second amendments in trouble supreme court unanimous decision you know taking down the second amendment i don't know that that's what they actually did but let's find out from uh, someone who is uh, in the know on this uh, larry korea is the author of in defense of the second amendment uh, Larry, the the New York case that was brought, and it was brought by, I think, a lot of the same people that, that brought the uh, Brown case uh, previous, gun shop owners, et cetera. Um, the, the Supreme Court didn't jettison their case. They didn't torpedo their case. They just said they're not going to uh, temporarily halt the, the process of what's going on. T- tell us what happened. Well, in the aftermath of the Bruin decision, uh, where the Supreme Court basically struck down New York's uh, really blatantly unconstitutional gun laws, uh, specifically for carrying guns, they uh, had a whole bunch of um, new rules put into place to try to come into compliance with the Supreme Court. And everything they did was actually kind of worse. They, they put in all sorts of crazy stuff. And immediately the lawsuit started to fly. And what this was was like, uh, the Second Circuit – uh, is being allowed to work through it. The Supreme Court's not just like uh, forcing the issue and taking it right. from them. They're let, they they usually let the lower dockets do their work. Uh, but what has happened most recently was the Supreme Court said, hey, look, you've got these, I believe it's four or five cases. You must rule on these now. And so th- th- they're trying to spin it as, a, uh, as the first part when Sotomayor uh, said, no, we're not going to review this. Uh, kicked it back to the second. Uh, that was in the media all over as like a big giant victory. But as of most recently, no, it's still out there. Uh, this is yeah. still pending, and I believe the flight we're now five cases that they need to come up with something on uh, pretty quick here. So we'll see what happens. What uh, What are the five cases contending? Um, well, let's see. So this is not something I've kept up on because I I'm, I've been doing this nationally, not uh, New York specific. But from what I've seen, it was the um, – oh, my gosh. Let me think here. I've been keeping up on Colorado and Maryland and uh, – Well, and the reason that uh, I ask is because the – I'm trying the, to mix them up. The reason that I ask the, the uh, original ruling uh, in the Bruin decision was far-reaching. In fact, in the neighboring state of New Jersey, uh, following the decision, they had to uh, alert their local municipalities that they were going to have to uh, issue the – concealed carry permits differently than they had been doing uh, be, in order to be uh, in, con, you know, in 
compliance with uh, the ruling that the court had handed down. And I know that Hochul basically said when the decision came down, nice try, Supreme Court. We're, we're going we're gonna to stick our tongue out at you and, and say, nah, nah, uh, and do it again. And I think that's what got these groups um, really fired up. As you said, most of the, the restrictions in, in <laughs> got worse um, and even less uh, constitutional and, and much more murky in terms of how to enforce them. And I think that uh, what we're going to have to see ultimately is a nationwide declaration one way or the other that either limits are going to be allowed state by state to be put on the Second Amendment or that for the most part the country is going to have to come to a uh, an ability to live with guns. And I'm certainly yeah. in the latter category. I believe what's going to happen here, and, and, and like I said, I haven't kept up on all these five particular New York cases because I've been keeping up on trying to keep up on everything uh, for the last couple of weeks here because they've kind of gone crazy. Uh, in the aftermath of Bruin, all the states, the, uh, the, the deep blue states that are, are loving their gun control, um, they're kind of flailing and they're, they're pushing for crazier and crazier things. And court-wise, long-term, that's actually going to be very good for the Second Amendment, because the more craziness they pull up, the harder it is for them to justify. Uh, if you remember, uh, Sam Alito during Bruin specifically had he said that they had to have like a historical precedence uh, for why you could limit the Second Amendment right. And you'll notice that California and New York, what they're referring to now as a historical precedence, are these really old racist laws that were designed to disarm people uh, of specific demographics and with things like freed slaves. Or in the case of New York, of the Irish, uh, they, they because they, you know they, they didn't have the temperament to have firearms, and that's what they're trying to fall back on. Yeah. And so, and another thing, a part of this decision too was uh, you can't really uh, re- regulate and infringe upon something that's so common and useful to the people. So they're now trying to make this argument that we're going to regulate these things based upon you know two hundred year old racist laws, and we're going to regulate these things, even though they're the most common and useful things everywhere else in the country, we're going to say that they're not useful at all. And so it flies kind of in the direct face of what uh, the Supreme Court just directed them. So actually, well, kind of the and they're going to do that, be... and they're going to have the audacity to try to do that in two states where you have some of the worst uh, modern-day crime stats uh, that can be faced with. Like, the very need for why this gun law needed to be constitutionally determined when it did was it really came in the face of uh, an abject uh, plummet in safety and, and spike in crime uh, in the state of New York. And people were like, I want to defend myself. I should have the right to defend myself against pure evil walking down the street. I shouldn't have to have a special reason to say why I need to. I just should have the right to defend myself. Yeah, I go into I go into the stats a lot in the book, and it's really fascinating to me because if you were to talk to the average person on the street who just watches the news, they think that America has been on this massive crime wave forever with shootings every day everywhere. And that's not the case. We actually had, up until 2020, we had a 30-year downturn in violent crime. 2020, we had our year of violent but yet mostly peaceful, fiery chaos, and it reversed that. It took us all the way back to – we went all the way back to 1993-level murders – just instantly. And during the same time period, when the police departments in a lot of American cities were pulling back and saying, we can't help you if you call 911, good luck, you're on your own. We have the states that are supposed to protect the people saying, well, we're also going to ban all the guns. 
So we're not going to protect you, and we're not going to let you protect yourselves. It's, it's, it's this weird, sick, twisted thing that they're putting on the people. Um, I know the New York crime is – I feel for uh, I feel for the people of New York. From what I've seen there, it's just gotten so bad over the last few years. And uh, now they're saying that, nope, you can't defend yourself at all. That's our job, only we're not going to do it. Yeah. So it, it's tragic. Well, if you uh, if you want to read more about what Larry's talking about, uh, get a hold of his book. It, it, it hits the streets uh, February 1st in defense of the Second Amendment, uh, forward by Nick Searcy. And uh, it's it's available through Regnery, which is a sister company to many of the uh, the owner of the station of many of the stations that this broadcast is heard on. And I would uh, strongly recommend that you get it. And congratulations, Larry. You're already on uh, two or three bestsellers list. I mean. Uh, in uh, political freedom and United States government and political conservatism, you're already in the top five. So good on you for that. And in the top thousand overall, and your book's not even out yet. So very, very good stuff. In defense of the Second Amendment, Larry Correa, thank you for being with us. Uh, Thank you. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back live from New York. Don't go away.